Welcome to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. Now, the name of our program might be a bit unconventional, but for that better, so is our approach. We'll discuss traditional and alternative practices and therapies designed to improve and maintain the health of your best friends, your pets. With the ideas discussed on the show today, your pets could live longer and healthier lives. Now, here is Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. Good morning, everybody. I'm Kristen Carlson here with Dr. Jim Carlson. He's the owner of Riverside Animal Clinic and Holistic Center in McHenry, Illinois, which is now located at the Healthy Pet Lifestyle Center. So we take in everything we ever wanted to do and put it all together in one situation. So we've got obviously the holistic center, the vet clinic. We've got um, indoor dog park, a pet solution center. So retail section of all natural products, buying as much local as we can bringing in new lines of dog food that are produced right around home, which is kind of fun. And then uh, we also are putting in a dog daycare center and hopefully some swimming here. Yeah. Rehab and swimming cool. and development. So we're having a lot of fun here yeah. uh, in Chicagoland. So we have a few things coming up today that are a bit intriguing on our show. So did you know that your dog or cat, well, your dog, we know the dog, right? Mm-hmm might go to the bathroom in a specific direction for a reason. I didn't know this. I know like most of our dogs don't do that, but they have found researchers have found some interesting information about that. And then they've also found how dogs get home, like hunting dogs. If they get lost, how do they know how to get home? It's really amazing because they have a, and, and this is what the study was about, is they have a, a built-in tracking device. Mm-hmm. And probably the ones that were have more of the prey drive, like a hunting dog, mm-hmm. would have a better radar than, say, say, uh, like a, a, a little Maltese or something like that. But okay. they all have it built in. And the incredible way to find their way home is that they know where the north-south, ac- north-south axis is. Mm-hmm. And they can track that first to say, okay, this is my north-south axis, just like we would if we were lost. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll talk a little bit more about that coming up in the next half hour. We've also got a couple of viewer questions today, listener questions. So anal gland supplements, what am I going to do? I keep going to the groomer and my dog keeps having these full anal glands and maybe that's not such a good thing. So the groomer didn't think so. So um, asking for some advice there. And then (laughs) I know we've talked about uh, peeing already, but um, (laughs) there's a cat who's projectile peeing. Now we're not talking just a little bit of, you know, leaking outside of the litter box or even just going outside of the litter box. This is an intentional projectile moment. (laughs) So this owner is like, okay, I need a professional adv- opinion here of what to do. So we're going to help her out as well. That cat came in from outside. So I suspect that probably has a little bit to do with it. Yeah. Just, uh, he doesn't have the indoor town manners. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, yeah, when you raise your kids in the country, you learn town manners and regular home manners on the farm. So <laughs> yeah. um, also are laser pointers fair to your cat? I can't even believe I'm talking about this, but it's true. There is a behaviorist right here in Chicagoland who says that, oh, here it is. Uh, He says laser pointers may not uh, be a good idea for your cats. And uh, so we've had a few people chime in (laughs) on that one with some funny comments because we have a new group. So it's the Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson page. You can find that, um, on the internet, it's a, it's a private group. So you can ask more questions, feel a little more comfortable finding a group of people to help you. And you know, what we're trying to do is promote like really responsible, holistic medicine. Um, There are a lot of pages out there with, you know, a lot of people saying a lot of things to each other, which is great discussion and, and that kind of thing is great. But sometimes I think maybe having somebody with, who knows what they're doing and then has a little bit extra to add to the conversation can really be helpful. So especially when it comes to things like ear infections, big reason that people are, um, you know, coming to the vet in the first place. A lot of people asking questions about that, about skin diseases, all kinds of things out there on the internet. So we're just trying to kind of narrow it down and give you a little extra guidance that 
you know, not everybody has a holistic vet in their area or can find somebody who believes in all the different things that we do here. So I guess that's kind of like what we're trying to do on our page. And it's been pretty fun actually yeah. this week. So it's uh, holistic vet advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. And we hope that you'll join our page for that. Um, we also uh, want to talk today a little bit uh, going back to the vitamin D amino acids and supplements today. So vitamin D is something that a lot of people especially older adults or almost anyone who's like even just working in an office building at this point uh, is becoming deficient in. And it's actually kind of a painful thing because it really gets down into your joints and your bones and it can become really tough to live with. So um, vitamin D though actually has an effect on dogs. There was a recall of Hills dog food a while ago and the Hills uh, people had to recall it because there was an excess of vitamin D. So I didn't really realize this, but vitamin D is really a fine balance when it comes to pet food. It is. Um, and there's been several recalls in years past that where vitamin D was toxic at too high levels. Mm -hmm. And surprisingly, if you're supplementing, it takes quite a bit to create toxicity. They say anywhere from 0.1 milligram per kilogram to 0.2 milligrams per kilogram. And we're not doing math today or algebra, but it, it does basically take quite a bit. So if you took an average 50 pound dog, for example, and 5,000 international units per vitamin D capsule, mm -hmm. it would take somewhere between 18 to 36 capsules to be at the toxic level. Now, it's not unusual for a 50-pound dog if they got into a bottle of, of vitamin pills that could possibly ingest mm -hmm. that. So we don't really know because once they get into it, they're going to well, tear I mean, up the bottle and they may eat I, one, they may eat 100. I really hadn't thought of that because I have the 10,000 I use on my on <laughs> my nightstand right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the dogs are in the house. Yeah, I that's, guess I just left it there without even really thinking. So all they'd have to eat would be 9 to 18 of them. Uh, to be at toxic levels. And it, it can be lethal because it does affect the kidney performance. Mm -hmm. It also can affect the heart mm -hmm. uh, because it, what it does is it stimulates calcium uh, absorption uh, from the GI tract. And so you get a high calcium levels and the heart doesn't particularly like that. Neither does the kidney mm -hmm. as far okay. as that goes. All right. But uh, vitamin D is interesting because there's, there's really two styles of vitamin D. There's D2 that comes from plants. Uh, and there's D3, which is an animal source. And uh, so in some studies, they show that vitamin D isn't really a vitamin at all. It's a, what they call a pro-hormone. And, uh, and most specifically, it's called a secosteroid. And it helps to regulate, you know, it's best known uh, to help regulate calcium and phosphate uh, for healthy bones and muscle and teeth. Uh, but more recent studies have shown that vitamin D does a lot more, especially for dogs who have atopic dermatitis or uh, older dogs who have uh, osteoarthritis. And the reason is, is that if, uh, if they're regulating the dog foods to make sure that the vitamin D is not too high in the dog food for toxicity, is that probably not all dogs are going to get the optimum level of vitamin D. Most dogs will, some dogs won't, depending on how they're absorbing and uh, you know how they're digesting the food, um, especially older dogs. Now, the key point is that older dogs, often their GI tract, especially their stomach, becomes more alkalinized. And if it the stomach becomes more alkalinized, you're not gonna have as good a stomach acid. And if that's not gonna break the food down very well, definitely not going to get absorption of those micronutrients, especially vitamin D. So it becomes vitally important for dogs who have, say, atopic dermatitis or osteoarthritis, that we could test vitamin D levels and see, do you have, are you absorbing adequate vitamin D? Do you need a little bit more in your diet? Now, it doesn't mean that you should go out and buy vitamin D <laughs> in the store because there again, you can Don't do that without testing your dog first. Right. Test your dog. It may be fine. Mm -hmm. You know, and then you're going to get to toxic levels. The surprising thing is, is dogs can't go outside and sit in the sun like we can and, and make vitamin D. They have to get all of it from the food. Okay, so they can't sunbathe and get vitamin D like we can. 
So uh, why not? Well, I mean, they're, they're always laying in the sun. Yeah, and especially cats. You know, they always yeah. want to lay in the sun too. We have special skin mechanisms that uh, actually there's a lot of those uh, vitamin D regulators in our skin, mm-hmm. where they're not in dogs, and then also no, really. dogs are covered with fur, so it's, it can be a reflective agent. You know, we're covered with fur too, but our hair is very, very small. Unless it's you. (laughs) 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 I knew that was coming. I I stepped right into that. (laughs) Anyway. But, but, you know, and probably because most dogs have that heavy fur. um, The hairless dog, you know, you have to be careful of sunburn and stuff like that. But maybe they have a little bit more regulatory ability for vitamin D. Interesting. But that's another interesting point. So, so it's your skin receptors for humans. Skin receptors that's for humans. Animals don't have work. that. Oh, okay. All right. Very interesting. Um, what are some natural sources of vitamin D so you don't get into this mess in the first place? Well, some really good sources. Uh, you know, anything that's plant-based. But for dogs, it's more difficult for them to get vitamin D out of plants. Oh. Uh, but animal sources such as salmon, uh, eggs, okay, uh, and uh, and liver. also liver. Liver is a good one, right? Yeah, liver is a very good one. All right. And so, uh, and that's a safer way to deliver it than going out and, and buying uh, vitamins mm-hmm. because vitamins are more concentrated. So you're going to get more of the active ingredient in the vitamin than they would from the food. Hmm. So they're not going to overeat liver and get toxic from vitamin D most likely. Okay. So there's a difference between a fat soluble vitamin and a water soluble vitamin. And this is a fat soluble vitamin. That's what makes it so toxic. So explain, I didn't didn't really understand the difference between those. So explain that to me. Well, uh, the water soluble can be easily excreted by through the kidney uh, via urine. Uh, The fat soluble vitamin cannot. So, or very easy. So if you took too much of a water, what's a water soluble vitamin example? Say vitamin C. Okay. So if you took too much vitamin C, you would just, it would just go out in the toilet. Right. Okay. But if you took too much vitamin D, it would go into your fat cells. Right. They they tend to store in your fat. uh, Okay. In the the fat cells of the liver. Hmm. And unfortunately, then your liver becomes toxic because it, it doesn't know what to do with all this vitamin D that's okay. in there. We're talking about dogs and cats, not yeah. us. <laughs> well, yeah, for the most part. Yeah, yeah, same thing. Okay. All right. So interesting. So that means that if a dog overdoes it, that that could be really bad. Right. Okay. To the liver. Does it cause like some kind of harmful long-term damage? Uh, it Over... Not right away unless they would ingest a massive load. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be like an owner might decide, oh, I, I'm going to supplement uh, a couple capsules of vitamin D every day or something like that. Mm-hmm. And give it every single day. Over time, it could cause damage okay. at those levels. So um, you want to always consider a natural source of vitamin D when you're if you're going to supplement. Oh, but okay. talk to your veterinarian. I mean, it's the veterinarians do have... They're going to help you uh, get associated with veterinary nutritionists, or you may also, uh, they may be very versed in nutrition themselves, uh, but seek advice because you don't want to, oh, a well-meaning pet owner, you don't want to poison your dog by accident. Right. Okay. The phone number to call us today is 866-472-5788. If you have questions, it's 866-472-5788. You can also reach out to us in our new Facebook private group, which is Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. We have a lot of people um, stepping up and uh, asking a lot of different questions that we're going to get to today. If you have one, you can also just hop on our Facebook page here, which is... uh, uh, Dr. Jim Carlson, holistic vet device again, and you can uh, ask any questions you need. If you're, if you're uh, needing some info, then um, we're happy to give it a shot. <laughs> I, I live with a walking encyclopedia. <laughs> it makes things a lot easier. So it's hard to trip them up. Yeah. <laughs> I stay up on. <laughs> so for the vitamin D you've got, okay. So we were talking to this other doctor who works here and he had an owner who came in and that owner had 
an issue with a set of a litter of puppies that he was making a raw homemade diet for. So we're huge into the raw homemade diets. I mean, I think every holistic veterinarian loves them. They're not that many of them, but um, they do uh, love them when they encounter the raw diet. Uh, So he said this owner was making this food, feeding it to the puppies, thought he was doing everything right, but they started to develop bone deformities and rickets. And he brought them in to be seen like what's going on, what could possibly be wrong here. So, And definitely uh, like a lot of owners who make the food, uh, you have to be careful of those micronutrients. It's very important to get those balanced because if we don't, Unfortunately, uh, they can get vitamin deficiency. Mm-hmm. And uh, adding too many vitamins is also important. Um, Dog Bloom makes a really cool one. I love this company. They're from Ohio. We used them when we lived there. And uh, it's just a small little company, but they make great little products. And this is one that we always give everybody. This is the Raw Balance uh, Dog Bloom Meat Diet Fortifier. So this has everything in it that you need uh, to... Um, balance everything out because there's um, calcium deficiencies, vitamin deficiencies that can occur in a raw diet. That's right. And, if and we're the go- outcome can be really severe in these two. That's for sure. Because if uh, I always say going off the grid, if we're going to go off the grid, if we're going to go away from traditional food that you can purchase over the counter, uh, the FDA has to approve these products. You have to make sure the nutrients are in there. But if we're going off the grid and making our own, um, there's a lot of science to it. You think, well, I can just put some meat, and some mm-hmm. potatoes in here and feed it to my dog every day and it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. No, so it's, you can, yeah. you can, uh, you can do some damage over time uh, with foods and then it can mimic uh, minor things, you know, gastrointestinal problems or skin problems. You think, well, now we're going to add a steroid or some sort of antibiotic to a problem that could be nutritionally based. Mm-hmm. So, it could be really simple, a really simple vitamin deficiency. Really simple, like vitamin D, for example. Uh, great website. I, I mention all the time, balanceit.com. Okay. Great website for a small fee. You can have, uh, and it was uh, developed by a nutritionist out in California, a veterinary nutritionist. And uh, you can go on the website for a nominal fee and get your diet balanced. And okay. then... Uh, the cool thing is they're going to get my approval. They're going to make sure that you concur with this, that the client's going to go ahead and, and change the diet mm-hmm. to this particular diet. It's fabulous. I mean, if, if you love cooking for your dog, if you want to make their own food, just make sure it's balanced. That's all, you know, and you're getting a lot of really great nutrients. Uh, we're getting away from some of the scary stuff like your, your wheat, soy, corn, uh, glyphosates, things like that, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, so it's a it's a great way to bring your dog back to health again, especially if it has health problems or keep it healthy. Okay, so um, this says it has one eleven hundred fifty seven international units of um, vitamin D in it. So the dosing on this is only two teaspoons per pound of meat for adult dogs. So it's also cheese flavor, which dogs love. We aren't paid for this. We just like these people yeah, and we like their products. So they're very good. just Thank letting you know. Um, so the 1157 international units, that's always like so hard to understand. Do you know what I mean? Like the international units, I think I feel like it's just confusing to people. Yeah, it's, and as the, the name implies, an international unit. So across the world, we decided to say that we need a common way to identify a unit of vitamins, so mm-hmm. international units were often used. Uh, they can, international units can be converted to micrograms, they can be converted to milligrams. Uh, we're talking about, there again, a little algebra here, but uh, at the same time, um, you know, simple conversions can bring uh, you know, that into something that makes more sense. Okay. As far as micrograms or, or milligrams. All right, so bone deformities, rickets, congestive heart failure, you see that all the time in older animals. Could vitamin D be a problem for animals who are um, maybe suffering like those bone and joint pains as they get a little bit older, softening the bones, increased cancer risk if you're not getting the right amount of vitamin D? That's right. It it does have immunoregulation ability as well. Uh, We've learned a lot more from it uh, probably in the last 20 years Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of what it can 
the implications, as I mentioned, it was best known for just bones and calcium regulation, but it does a lot more. Okay. Oh, also, um, those salmon chips, bring those up yeah. here. Um, yeah. This is inspired by Pat. These are made right in Chicagoland. So these little chips here uh, are just dehydrated salmon, pretty easy. So something like this would be a good source of vitamin D. So anything kind of fishy, right? It was a good deal. Yeah. Okay. All so right. little fatty fish like uh, salmon. So if you're looking for something to pick up in the pet store, there you yeah. go. All right. Um, so we have um, another question today. So this one is from Laura. It is on anal gland supplements. She says she's taking her dog to the groomer all the time. That the groomer said the anal glands are always full. And what should I do about it? A very common problem, especially little dogs. You don't see it in much in the this bigger dogs. This is a little dog too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So little dogs are, are, it's a common problem. And one of the, the things about anal glands is they're not really a gland. They're a scent. They're considered a scent gland, just like okay. a skunk has a scent gland, right? Um, they are? Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't know that. And they stink, though. That's You know, like when you get in a car and it smells like a can of tuna, <laughs> that's the anal glands. And why do they have to do it when you get in a car or some enclosed space with your dog? What is the deal with that? Well, just like a skunk, if you scare a skunk, <laughs> what happens? You know, dog, same thing. And, you gotta, and they get it into a mist. So if you had one of those infrared cameras, you'd uh -uh. see no. this mist of that's a funky much. smell, you know. And that was way too that's much. Really I can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, so they, why do they do that when they get in the car? Well, they're scared, you know, nervous. Oh, nervous about getting in the car and going somewhere. Right, and there again, it gets back to navigation. You kind of go back to the to this whole pooping in the north-south direction is that anal glands have a scent. It's going to leave a scent on that poop for a long time. So they're always yeah. expressed when they go to the bathroom, right? Okay. But the little dogs, they can get overstretched. So when you stretch those glands out like a sock, they fill up and they have to be expressed. They can't, they can't express them uh, easily on their own. Um, a lot of little pooches have trouble with going to the bathroom. You see Lily struggles with that. Yes. You know, and so if they don't get good posture. Okay. So older patients have trouble with anal glands because they can't get into the, what they call the football position. Uh -huh. hiking position oh boy and stay there for the full expression right okay. and uh so you get a little bit left over well unfortunately that if you look at anal gland fluid and it's disgusting is that it's, it's a oily lot of, yeah it's very oily because yeah. we liquidy. do this all day long like we do anal glands all day long we do so and uh but it's just a little ball in there at about five and seven o'clock position on the little anal area. And if it's, if it's not adequately expressed, all that sediment builds up and you can get impacted anal glands, you can get abscess anal glands. And so what we try to emulate is better expression of the bowels during uh, relief. And so how do we do that? Well, fiber is number one. Okay. So, canned pumpkin or sweet potato, uh, which is, I just happen to have one right there, uh, is you can give, and it's, it's to effect, there's no exact dose on how much to give, but you probably wouldn't want to give the whole can because you're going to back them up pretty good. But start with a teaspoon or two, mix it into the diet. They like the flavor, most dogs do, even cats, and uh, it provides some bulk to that stool, so it signals to go sooner. So they're not constipated. It also, uh, we have some other products here. We have Glandex. Uh, Glandex is kind of, will add a little bulk and a little fiber. This one's peanut butter flavor. There's yeah, that one over there too with that one. Oh yeah. Uh, we have no scoot. Right. Um, also this has pumpkin, flaxseed, dandelion root, and psyllium husk. Psyllium husk is kind of, isn't that the stuff in the Psyllium, yeah, but not the husk. Scooter's butt bar. And Scooter's butt bar. <laughs> Scooter's butt bar is like, you just take off. I love it. I'm just going to open it because it's kind of cool. Yeah. This is a cool, cool little concept here that they have. Oh, it's just cut into little bone shapes. So you can give part of that um, every day. So these are cute. I'm actually going to use these for my dog. So they will not go to waste. Yeah, little friend Max the other so day. So lots of Oh, what? Little friend Max the other day, a big bulldog. He likes the, the bar. 
Oh, the you bar. Just break it off. And yeah. Give it to him. You love that. Yeah. Oh, good. So Shut anyway, up. there's there are some <laughs> options on the market. You just kind of have to look for them um, when you're looking for anal gland supplements. And most vets will carry something. Um, if they don't, you might have some luck on the internet finding a few things. Go to your vet first, though. Okay. Let's talk it over because the, uh, you know, impaction can be a real problem. And I've seen plenty of anal gland abscesses that mm -hmm. uh, cause a lot of pain. You imagine them, just a very painful hemorrhoid. That's what it's like. And it, it, oh, really? And it's uh, full of infection because if that little opening of the gland gets blocked off, uh, it has nowhere else to go. So it has to find another opening. You can imagine the pressure builds up until it actually stretches the skin out to a point where it can uh, cause a skin irritation and find its way out. And most owners come in and say, I, you know, this mass explosion in my house of, of blood and infection uh, to, uh, you know, I found a, a lot of blood in, in a big opening in my dog's uh -huh. rear end yeah. uh, to, uh, all right, you know, that's about enough. ready to go. Yeah. That's enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's enough <laughs> of this. All right. All right. You just, it's just easier. This little thing is right. easier every day. So 866-472-5788 is the number to call. If you have questions, you can hop on our Facebook pages or join our Facebook group, which is uh, Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. We have a lot of questions. Uh, that was one that just came out of that group. And we'll have another one with a cat that's projectile peeing. Uh, we also have some information coming up about the dog's sense of Earth's magnetic field, you know how they, he's always saying they have just all these different senses that humans don't have, and there's proof of it now. So we'll talk to you about that when we come back on Voice America World Talk Radio. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania, and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to holisticvetadvice at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Hi, everybody. I'm Kristen Carlson here with Dr. Jim Carlson. Uh, we're talking today about... Um, 
all sorts of interesting things holistically, as we always do. Uh, today, though, we have a few things in this half hour, which include a dog's sense of direction. They actually have a built-in compass in their genetic makeup somewhere that helps hunting dogs get home. I never really thought about it before because never did that, but it does make sense. Like if you turn a hunting dog loose in a dense forest somewhere and it has to make it home, how do they really know how to do that? And how does a cat find its owner after, you know, being gone for six years or it's dropped off 200 miles from home because it hitched a ride on a semi, you know, and then suddenly the cat shows up. So how do they do that? It is a an interesting thing about their genetic makeup. Also, are laser pointers fair to use on your cat? We'll talk about one uh, behavioral veterinarian's take on that. Um, and we're going to just, you know, have our own take on that as well. So uh, also, I wanted to alert you about a scam in puppy buying that we have been dealing with here at our practice Riverside Animal Clinic and Holistic Center here in McHenry, Illinois. Never thought something like this would happen to us. It just never occurred to me. So we'll talk to you about that coming up in a little bit. First, we want to get to our next uh, listener question from Kathleen. She has a cat that is uh, peeing outside of the litter box, but the way this cat is doing it is it's really a projectile situation. So the kitty she got, she says, is now indoors. He was an outdoor cat, uh, just ventured into the room where the other cats have their litter boxes. She said he has one in his own room, but he is marking, meaning he is using the other cat's litter box, but is lifting his bottom and peeing over the back of the box on the wall and then it drips onto the carpet. I have to put a plastic runner under the box and taped a pee pad to the wall. How do I get him to quit it? And also she'll be moving in the next three months and she's worried about him adjusting not only to a new home, but a home that will have little kids in there. And she's looking for any advice about, you know, him possibly marking on this new home. Mm. So what do you think? Well, it, it, what happened initially is that being an outdoor cat, he learned to pee on things. To, to navigate around and to know where his territory was. Oh, okay. And so, you know, you bring an outdoor cat, especially an adult, if he's a kitty, it's not going to happen that way. But, but adult cats that come into the household uh, don't have town manners. Okay. okay. They've got street <laughs> smarts and street manners. So uh, the best advice that I can give uh, is you can try to introduce an enclosed litter box so he can bank it off the, the, the covering. And so, because it's really hard to make him go like a normal cat anymore because he just doesn't have the instinct to do that. Uh, you can also provide a backboard uh, against the back of the litter box too, but it's usually easier. Just to so much more it. cleaning and stuff yeah. you have to do. You know, I did one time make, I had this problem as well, and I did cut a hole in one of those big totes uh, at one point and had them go in there and use it because that seemed to help a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, because we have some indoor outdoor farm type cats that have been, you know, running around and one in particular is really naughty in this way. Mm -hmm. So kind of this kind of a similar situation, I guess. It is a pain to clean that up though. And then, you know, like mine went after the curtains after that. So the projectile, it was it's everywhere. Yeah, it's just a if, if they go outside at all, it's just a natural instinct for them to do that because just like dog, the dog topic we're going to talk about, uh, cats have to navigate too when they're outside to get back home. You know? So they oh, okay. use the urination to mark the territory, just like we. <laughs> it's like dropping breadcrumbs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. It's like basically your cat's dropping breadcrumbs. So you exactly. can think of it in a cute way. There is a, a diet that's really good for this, um, especially when you're talking about adjusting to a new home. It's Royal Canin Calm, uh, conventional, but it's a veterinary diet. And um, that diet has proven to be pretty good. They also, you know, you probably do want to get your cats urine tested just in case uh, to make sure everything's going there because Royal Canin has upgraded their diets now uh, for their urinary SO, which is like the struvite and oxalate crystals. Did I say that right? Mm -hmm. And they've upgraded that to include calm in it. So they have, it's just a really, you know, nice diet. It's a good shot to take um, if you're moving into a different situation. And like one of the reps told me, they had given it to a technician. She moved like eight cats into a 
whole new house and they all stayed pretty cool about it. Nobody was peeing or doing anything naughty. So that um, is something you should talk to your veterinarian about because it's a prescription diet. So you'd have to get it. It's a prescription diet, right? Mm. Okay. Yeah, I think so. They have so many different lines. So sometimes I can't remember, but uh, that's how we order it. So, and that's how we dispense it as, as a prescription here. So, um, and then, you know, do they need to get the urine tested though? Just to be sure. Just to be sure, because, um, you know, surprisingly the stress component of cats uh, has a direct implication to the urine pH because um, if cats are under stress, they tend to hold their urine longer, which makes a higher pH. Higher pH tends to uh, create the possibility for crystals, uh, but it's also an irritant too. Um, most cat urine pH run about six to 6.5. Uh, they have a lot of really good urine marker litters now, or just urine markers that you can sprinkle over the litter to change color in case mm -hmm. to alert you that the pH is changing. And, um, you know, if it's too high, it's usually stress. If it's too low, it could be a liver problem or some other acid-base imbalance. Okay. Uh, but if your cat's having urine problems at all, it's usually best to make sure the pH is normal. Yeah, we actually have that litter. I just uh, yeah. kind of forgot about it, but that's a good idea. Yeah. We do have that litter here. Also, we have Colleen. Can I give my cat, Arthur, some of my vitamin D supplements? No. <laughs> no, it's best not nope. to, uh, you know, to, to give them human supplements um, unless you talk to your veterinarian first because uh, they're, again, you know, testing the vitamin D levels. Uh, but most of the vitamins you buy over the counter are obviously more concentrated. So cats love salmon. Uh, they love sardines. And they love liver. So Give a nice little supplement of that. All right. Sounds good. Um, okay. So we uh, ran across this story uh, about a study that was done in Czechoslovakia at a uh, university there. Kind of interesting. It says that dogs sense the Earth's magnetic field. So all these times that you've been sitting around and telling me they know so much more than you think they know and all of that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> and it's true. I went again. Yes. Okay. <laughs> here we go. Uh, so the dog sends the earth, ma earth's magnetic field. The, so the dogs were basically tracked with a GPS collar. They were hunting dogs because hunting dogs are used to being dropped in the forest. That's what they did with them. Mm -hmm. They hunted and, um, just dropped them in this dense, thick forest in Czechoslovakia and had them run home. What they discovered, it was kind of like a byproduct of the study, was that a lot of the dogs would run a north-south axis, no matter which direction they really needed to go in, they could run this north-south axis and still then track to the way they needed to go home. So they would run north-south then, you know, depending on where they needed to go, align themselves from there. So they have this sense of direction. Is Do you think this is peculiar to just hunting dogs or do all dogs have this sense of direction? Well, uh, you know, there's various levels of the prey drive that's been removed from our domestic dogs through the years through breeding and selection and stuff like that. So uh, there's certain breeds that have like, like Brandy, for example, a great hunting drive as a Border Collie. Uh, she has a herding drive. So when she's out there moving and, and stalking, it looks exactly like a wolf. She has her hackles mm -hmm. up. She's she does. low to the ground. Um, the hunting breeds like the German Shorthair, Labrador Retriever, uh, excellent uh, because they're, they're hunters. And if we think about it, the, the wolf pack, I always felt it was very interesting. How does a wolf pack know how to hunt together and how to get back together? So it, it falls off of the wolf ancestry. Um, there's a very unique uh, part of the brain called the reticular activating system. It's part of the pineal and uh, pituitary gland. Uh, it has direct access. It's almost like a triangle from the head uh, to the left and front right foot. You know, so left foot and right foot. Um, they can sense vibration. And in this study, when they were putting the dogs out into the you know, wilderness and, tr and tracking their ability to get back, they have this unique ability to find north and south. Now, how do they do that? You know, they're not looking up at the sun and say, well, where's, where's this? Where's the yeah, sun? No, no, nobody's aligning them with the stars. No, no stars. They know exactly. It's, it's amazing. And uh, they can track their way back. And in the other study that they did, 
as well as when uh, you know hunters go out and they're going along a particular path they found that some dogs um, you know scout so they will use other pathways uh, to get back to the oh I've heard about that like very interesting so like a coyote like when they go after maybe livestock or something I've heard that that one will go out and start kind of like the way they like kind of gather around and tease one teases the livestock and the others don't. Is that kind of like part of what you're talking about? Yeah. 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 They'll go out and, and do the, and the, and then the other, the part of it is that, uh, you know, they'll have direct contact with scent and sound so they can, they can track their own scent as they're going out and track their own scent coming back. Hmm. And that's uh, tracking. But scouting is that unique ability to not use scent, but just to know, to just feel the earth and find the meridian and know, okay, I'm north and south, so I'm going to start there, and then I'm going to use my scent to find my way back. And it's it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, an interesting study. I don't recall what the initial part of the study was about. I think it was just looking to see if they got home or how they did it, but um, the byproduct of the study was something they weren't expecting. And that was aligning themselves to the North South axis. So now they also said they noticed this, uh, back in 2013, um, with the same group was, um, looking into this, um, in Czechoslovakia, they noticed that dogs and cats would align themselves in the North South axis to go to the bathroom. I guess I never thought of it before. I'm going to have to look. I know, of course, Benjo does not do it. I just don't know. Have you noticed that? You know, I, it, it, never, it never crossed my mind before. No. But it's pretty interesting. I mean, because like I mentioned earlier with anal glands, they, they use waste as a marker. We think, well, they're just going to the bathroom, but it, it has a very useful connotation. It says, well, uh, this is where I've been. And, uh, you know, this is where I'm going. So I need to mark my territory uh, to know how to get back home. Mm. But also it's a, you know, it's other dogs who go in there and sniff too and say, well, they must be in that direction. Oh, or, <laughs> okay. Or they must have went home or, you know, of course they smile for other reasons to see if they're eating better than they are. But <laughs> at the same time, <laughs> north and south, uh, they there again to track themselves and find direction is, is uh, part yeah. of that fascinating thing. It is. I mean, that's a pretty interesting study. So yeah. I can't wait to see what else these people come up with. They're definitely onto something. That's Incredible. for sure. So just what are some of the other like little things that you can think of in, you know, as the sixth sense that these animals have there, there are other things that you know about that we don't all know. Well, the, um, the, you know, they, uh, you know, Sorry, how putting you on this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we never rehearsed this part. Well, if we think about, uh, especially the hunting thing, you know, the, the, that there's an alpha uh, male and alpha female, as far as the wolf pack is concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because they have this, um, meridian access, uh, availability, uh, that it helps them to understand even weakness in the, in the group. Uh, so how do they know which animals are the weakest in this pack? Well, it, that's vibration. Uh, illness gives off vibration. Wellness gives off a vibration. So you notice that the, the wolves aren't going to ex- attack the, the strongest in the herd. They're going to go for the weakest. Well, how do they know that? Vibration. So uh, our domestic animals, like I mentioned, we've taken the prey uh, drive out of them. But at the same time, they're looking at our energy, our aura. So if, if you look at dogs, they're not looking exactly at you. They're looking above you. So watch that. And cats do that too. They're, they're looking at us, but they're not really looking at us. They're looking through us or above us to see well, what kind of energy do you have? And that's frequency. Uh, frequency is so important. And uh, if we get into the SRT uh, biomapping that we do, uh, that's what it's mapping is frequencies to determine, okay, do you have negative frequencies? Do you have... Uh, you know, the, uh, is that affecting the condition called dis-ease? Uh, is that getting closer to disease? Uh, do we need to try to balance that out? And so um, that particular activating system is a very important aspect of, of animal behavior. 
All right. Okay. So uh, laser pointers cause behavior disorders in cats. So there's a vet in Chicagoland veterinary behavior consultant says he's retired. Um, and he also is a co-editor of a book about decoding your dog mm-hmm. says that there's a problem with laser pointers in that they lack an end point when you want to play with your cat. Nothing is ever physically caught. I always kind of wondered about this actually. Like, is that really fair to be playing with them if they can't catch anything? Well, it, it, it's that end reward, you know, stalk, you know, hunt cats and then either kill it and eat it or just kill it and let it go. Uh, I imagine there's some sort of satisfaction in uh, being able to chase the feather and catch it uh, for, for um, as far as, you know, bonding with your cat. The laser pointer can cause behavior issues. You you definitely don't want to use a laser pointer for certain breeds of dogs, especially German Shepherd. They have, um, it can really throw off their radar and cause them to tail chase and stuff like that. Uh, So here he says it can cause a compulsive disorder. Yeah. Instead of engaging in normal activities like playing with their owners or even eating, these cats will spend a large portion of their day chasing things similar to a laser pointer like, like shadows or reflections. It's like the, uh, it's like the shadow of a mouse that you can't catch. It's that you keep turning on that prey drive over and over and over again. They can't stop. It's obsessive compulsive behaviors as well. Hmm. Doggone it. I need to catch that mouse. Mm Mm-hmm. But, but I'm not going it? to. I'm not going to. So you can. So like your average Persian is going to go crazy if you. Get yeah, it's it's better to if I you're going to use. How much prey drive does that cat have? Persian house cat have over. Not much, you know. They're, as they're much pretty as, lazy. Yeah, <laughs> mine are. <laughs> so. You know, Kikerson caught the little the smallest mouse you could ever imagine. It was. A little baby. About as much as he's going to get with him. Yeah. Know? But um, <laughs> any cat can suffer from this. Yeah, it's and it's, like, any cat can suffer. Aside. All joking aside, it, it is a behavior issue. And if you're going to play with the laser, just make sure you, you throw a little ball out there so they can catch it, catch something at the end. Oh, okay. You know, so give them the... Some kind of reward? Give them the reward. You know, a treat, end. you know, throw a little treat out there, you know, so they, they, they ran after it and then... They were able to catch something. All right. So that's a a way of doing it. Um, (laughs) Richard had a pretty funny comment. He said, it's the journey, not the destination. Yeah, that's true. With the laser pointers. That's pretty funny. (laughs) That was in our uh, Facebook group page, which is Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. We'd like you to join. And also, uh, somebody said that they had a pet camera that they got. So the pet camera gives the dog a treat and then it will play with a cat as well <laughs> with a laser pointer. So I think you can control it from your phone, which is kind of cute. Yeah. Very, very cool. It, because uh, just maybe limited uh, to people are getting back doing to work. It all the time. It's probably a good idea because the pets are so used to being home. And now if you have to go back to work, you can actually have a, yeah, that's cute. a simulator there. Yeah. yeah, very cute. Okay. So um, we had this scam happen to us. And we never had one like this that I know of. I mean, it could have happened, but we just didn't know. So we kept getting these phone calls from people saying, you know, did you examine this litter of puppies? They were from people all over, Pennsylvania, California. And they just kept calling. And it was like, what are they talking about? You know, and you'd look it up. You'd be like, no, I don't, I don't have a client with that name. And then I'm like, could you just send me what you have with our name on it that says we've examined this litter of puppies here? Well, they did. And it ended up being um, like this fake name fake health paper for this litter of puppies that were sold on a very popular puppy website and I'll say their name because I'm not sure I'm supposed to so it turns out I I really didn't know what to do because they had signed your name to it they said that you examined all these puppies Mm -hmm. it was a health certificate Um, it was clearly fake to us but to someone else they just might not know if you were buying some animals from halfway across the country, you might not know. You yeah, you'd never know. It looked kind of legit. It's just that they said the vaccines were only like do, what did they say about the vaccines? They were good for 30 days, not good for a year. Like yeah. you normally would. And then they also said 
uh, some other stuff. But so I didn't know what to do. So I called the police to let them know. And they came and got it, said nothing on the paper actually was reality at all. There was no person living in this town. There was no house at that address. There was no address for it. Um, Just everything about the paper was fake. So if you are getting, you know, a puppy or a kitten from really far away, asking for references, getting the health papers in advance, and then checking up on them, I think is probably a pretty good idea. That's right. Because a, a health paper has is a specific document. So we could tell it was fake right away because they didn't use the actual documentation. A number two is a signature. They put Dr. Carlson. A veterinarian never does that. You know, it has to be the full name with DVM uh, at the end. Uh, the other thing is that it was a computer simulated document. A veterinarian worth their salt knows that you have to sign that thing. So I'm going to show you my signature. Terrible. There it is. Now, you can't see it on the radio, <laughs> but it's got to look something weird like that. You know, it's got to mm-hmm. be a, a scribble. And it's spelled by design, so nobody can, you know, I know my signature, uh, but nobody else can can uh, copy that signature yeah. towards it. And this was just like a font generated on a computer. Um, you'll usually see like a state health paper. Right. You'll usually see um, one from a company called Global VetLink. Mm. They have um, health papers now for small animals. They used to do large animals. They do small animals. Um, that's the company we just started using as well. So just always ask for as much documentation as you can get and then follow up and check because you just don't know. And we do that for breeders. Your vet is going to do that for breeders all the time. Legitimate breeders are going to give you the vet's information. You're going to call there. You're going to get the records. You're going to learn about the breeder's reputation. How long has this person been coming to you? Have you ever adopted a cat from um, this person or a dog from this person? Or do you know anything about people who have? So breeders who's progeny you know comes here that's even more helpful yeah I know like 10 people who come here because this dog was bred by this person and they're all really healthy and great dogs so you know what I mean so just check it up is probably a good idea this day and age and I'm really glad whoever did find that uh, is able to you know get in touch with us so interesting story yeah weird very weird with the and who knows it's probably happened before we didn't know Right, they, you know, with all these, it's all part of that computer scamming network, you know, yeah. to get something all weird on that. Yeah. So our, uh, again, group that we're having a lot of fun with is a private group on Facebook, Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. We'd love to have you join that. You can email us at holisticvetadvice at gmail.com. So either way, if you're in the Chicagoland area, you can see us at Riverside Animal Clinic and Holistic Center. And then uh, if you're interested in any of our SRT programs, uh, holistic testing programs that are based on energetic fields, um, I'll actually post that today into um, our group discussion. So I don't know, our group's been kind of fun. A lot of very interesting little topics going on in there. Super fun people. So thanks for joining it, everybody. Well, um, we're glad you joined us today as well. And um, hope we got all your questions answered. Just keep them coming and uh, we'll see you next time. Okay, bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you for listening this week to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice. Please join your hosts, Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson, again next Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now go make some time with your best friend.